0: What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to the Willie Mack. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is voice ISWAC. Dollar Sign. Hello, everyone. This is the interview queen Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Danny Callahan. This is the AirPod God MLW star Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And
1: Hello, everyone. It's Stephen Jackson, aka StJ215, here again with another exciting exclusive interview. This time, I am joined and I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Bird, the head of the RSPW Awards. So, how are you doing, Chris?
0: I'm fine. Thank you very much.
1: No, you're welcome. Um, you know, it's really been a massive sort of privilege for me to be able to speak to, you know, the um the awards are something which I first became sort of part of taking part in around 2018 when I was um I joined the Wrestling Estate, who I write for. And then they um their figurehead, um John Corrigan, he sort of mentioned them to us, so I started taking part in them and um you know they've been going on for around 20 well 30 years i should say sorry so kind of what led to the awards being created and how did it come about
0: well i first started participating in as a voter in the awards in 1996 um yeah i'm 45 so just for the record i am one of those (laughs) old wrestling fans um the awards themselves started in 1990. This is back in the Usenet era of the internet when the primary communication forms for people were Usenet newsgroups. And the younger members of your audience may not even know what that means.
1: That's, uh, That's one I've not heard of, actually. Usenet. Yeah, uh, this yeah, is, this is my me. point. Yeah. Uh,
0: Usenet newsgroups were akin to discussion forums. All right. Uh, in that they were hierarchical, so the main wrestling news group was rec.sports.pro wrestling, hence RSPW. Then ah, wow. um, there would be others like uh, I participated on a comics forum, and that was rec.arts.comics. There was political forums. There was the dot uh, sub forums where all the weird stuff happened. <laughs> um, yeah, the memes did not just come about in the last five years of the internet. That they, the technology may have been more primitive, but it was all there. Yeah. Uh, so, in 1990, the only major fan interaction uh, point with uh, each other as a re- as a fan community was at the time the Wrestling Observer, which of course is still going strong today. Yeah. Um, that and a few like subscription fanzines were about the limit of fan interaction and usenet um which was primarily available to university students who who were getting their email accounts for the first time back back in the early 90s yeah uh offered up a new means for fan interaction on all sorts of levels so it was the first true geekening of the internet um so a professor at the university of waterloo uh named uh herb kunz or kunze i've actually never known how it's pronounced because i back in the day i only ever dealt with him in text it might be kunze k-u-n-z-e um he was a big he was big in the tape trading community and this is another thing that your younger viewers will not know about because Back in the day, if you wanted to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling or All Japan Pro Wrestling uh, or uh, a lot of Lucha or even ECW, yeah, um, ECW wasn't on in most major mar- mo- most major television markets uh, or the, a lot of major television markets. So if you wanted to, if you were a wrestling fan who wanted to watch the things that these people were talking about, what happened was called tape trading, which was literally. E- uh, people mailing each other video cassettes that yeah, had yeah. copies of the matches on, uh, on VHS. Wow, that's an old format. <laughs> um, so the tape trading community uh, started developing along Usenet as well, and eventually all the tape traders started talking to each other and said, you know what, we should have our own like, set of fan awards, because like, we watch wrestling from all over the world. Uh, and that's basically how it started. Yeah, uh, Herb Kunza maintained the awards until uh, 1995. Yeah, then in 1996, they were taken over by a person named Christopher Robin Zimmerman, who was a big swinging deal uh, in the uh, wrestling recap world at the time. Like, his wrestling recaps were. The primary wrestling recaps, yeah, in the '90s, uh, and he did it until the late 2000s, uh, and then uh, in 2010, yeah, it was 2010. Um, he withdrew. I'm assuming it was family reasons. I never understood. I never got the explanation. But I wasn't actually participating in the awards at this time. Because around the time uh, Chris Benoit died, I decided to take a step back from pro wrestling fandom. It didn't help that WWE was borderline unwatchable at that point anyway (laughs) for me. Um, And I really got back into wrestling with the CM Punk Pipe Bomb in 2011. In 2011, another fellow tried to uh, restart the awards, but he wasn't reaching out to the broader internet base. He was still only reaching out to that very now very small community of people who were still using rec sport pro wrestling. Cause you can still technically use these groups yeah, um, and talking with each other in that. And I said, I I contacted him and said, are you planning to do it again in 2012? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, I'll take it over. And I took the step of just contacting like pretty much the entire wrestling fandom internet (laughs) And they got a lot more popular very quickly. Yes. Uh, I'm always looking for more people to vote in them. But uh, that's where we are today. They've been going for 30 years with only one year off. And I think they represent a constant barometer of, I don't want to say hardcore, but devoted fans. Yeah. Uh opinion.
1: Yeah. I I agree with that. That's a fascinating story. I you know that that's um because I didn't know whether they were actually always based on, you know, online or on the internet. I didn't know whether they were based on, you know, paper or whatever and submissions. So that's that's really uh fascinating and interesting to know and how they came about. And and I agree that, you know, having the opportunity to take part in them myself. And that first year, looking at the legacy of them and seeing how far um, back they went, and seeing the names of the people who had won particular awards, it's a very um, you know diplomatic and you know um, fair use of you know voting in the sense of you know it, it's anyone can come up with any kind of suggestion, and some of my suggestions what I did these past couple of years have come up as votable answers in the awards themselves, so it's very. Interesting to see that. And you know, in terms of the actual fans now, you know, like has it was it primarily always based in the US and since the past kind of 10 years has it scoped out like myself to the UK and to other parts of the world, or has it mainly been sort of North America? Uh
0: I think it's probably been mainly North America for a long time. Um partially because WWE is North America-based. Yeah, and any like for a long time WWE was won, winning the best promotion award, uh, the best organization award because, as someone once put it, it is the wrestling that is on television. Yeah, and weren't very <laughs> there weren't a lot of the competitors. Um, but uh, obviously that's changed now. But more to the point, um. It was, there were always international voters, uh, even in the very early days. Yeah. Uh, because Usenet was everywhere. It wasn't just a North American thing. It was a university network, uh, of an interconnected university internet network from pretty much the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and I remember British, I do remember British people particularly, uh, along with a couple of Germans participating in the early days. Oh, wow. Um, that said it was uh, until I would say the last five years still very north american centric. yeah. Uh, we're starting, i've I, I've been noticing over the past few years uh, that as the Australian wrestling scene in particular has grown, yeah, I'm seeing more voters come from there., yeah. which is great. Uh, the British wrestling scene uh, has obviously corporatized with the rise of nXt u k. But at the same time, the British wrestling fan base has grown more involved. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they uh, made themselves known in pretty much the first year I started as a significant, albeit minor, percentage of the fans. Talking about names, I had never heard of. My, my first exposure to, um, for example, uh, Grado, uh is the I, I wasn't aware of Grado until he got a boost in the 2012 uh vote and i'm like who the hell is Grado? <laughs> um and then i looked into him and i'm like oh this is cool yeah uh <laughs> and uh, many others uh who only pinged my radar before they started to really hit the independent circuit in the nor- in north america uh walter was a very big one yeah that a lot of, uh, I know a lot of people were exposed to by people voting for him in the awards. I'm like, who is, wait, his name is Walter and it's in all caps? Yeah. That, that That's weird. <laughs> and uh, same thing. Karen Noir is uh, someone whose profile has definitely been raised among North American fans because of people voting for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah obviously progress and icw the entire scene yeah yeah so yeah it's um
1: definitely i saw a lot of australian i saw a boost in australian and oceana wrestlers and matches in the past especially 2020 which was really exciting Mm -hmm. to see you know because that scene in particular was so you know taken over you know the independent scene over the past 12 to 18 months, you know, and then you've got guys like, I refer to him still as Jonah Rock, but you've got Jonah Rock over in NXT and then you've got guys like Adam Brooks and you've got guys like Slex and, you know, you've got Robbie Eagles and, you know, they're all, and then guys like Will Ospreay and New Japan went down and did the tour over there in Australia and, you know, New Zealand and things. So it is really, it is really exciting to see how the awards with those particular demographics and um fan bases are coming more prevalent and there isn't just wwe centric you may say even though you don't really want to use that term but um in terms of your fandom as well kind of where did it start for you as a wrestling fan was it like many people watching it on tv and then you know wwf on tv or was it how did it come about as a fan for you
0: oh it was it was absolutely wrestling on tv when i was a kid yeah uh for me it was um uh maple leaf wrestling here in toronto Mm -hmm. um which was uh, maple leaf wrestling before i watched it was initially an independent pro uh, an independent uh uh territory yeah uh and it was run by and you may be familiar with this name jack tunney Yes. Who was the kayfabe, who, who later on, after he sold the territory to Vince McMahon, became the kayfabe WWE president yeah. of commission. I can't even remember what his title was. But um, so it was the local territory. Uh, and when it got bought by WWE, which was just before I was born, um, it uh, became a Canadian WWE show. Yeah. So I would watch that and it would have, you know, highlights from the, sorry, I shouldn't even say WWE because at the time it was the WWF. (laughs) Uh, It would have highlights uh, of the wrestlers uh, and it would have matches and sometimes it would have exclusive matches that were uh, filmed in Hamilton or Toronto on various house show circuits. Um, and that was how I got into it. Eventually, shows like Superstars and Wrestling Challenge got syndicated in Canada, yeah. And I watched those too. Um, we didn't get WCW in Canada until 1996.
1: Wow, that's late. I thought it was sooner than that. Wow,
0: no, no, because there's only two major sports networks in Canada, uh. Uh, and at the time, there was only one. Like one cable sports network, and it picked up WCW in 1996, and that was for most of us our uh, for most of us our first exposure to uh, the WCW slash Crockett wrestlers, yeah, who weren't wrestling in WWE, yeah, Um, and. Uh, it was like the only the only other exposure he possibly could have gotten to them was reading the old Bill Apter magazines, yeah. which I pity kids today not getting to read the Bill Aptor magazines. I really do, because this entire like, for, for your listeners who don't know, Bill Aptor is still an active pro wrestling journalist. He was a ring photographer and he decided one day to publish an entire network of magazines that were entirely kayfabe. Yeah. Devoted to all areas of wrestling and looking back at them they were the most ridiculous things <laughs> but at the same time it was like how i got exposed to sting yeah. first was through those magazines how i got exposed to rick flair before he came to the wwf in 1992 was through those magazines yeah. and i'm like who are these people they must be important because the <laughs> magazines are talking about them because i was you know 10 uh <laughs>
1: He, um, oh, yeah yeah he, he yeah i mean bill Apter as well with his you know longevity as well in wrestling and their own awards you know the pro wrestling um illustrated and i mean the thing is as well is that you know there have been other awards as well as just the um the rspw awards what i've run sort of in sync with them so you've had you know like the pwi awards and then you've had like the wrestling observer awards and then you've got things coming up like the voices of wrestling awards which have kind of come in as well like match of the year and the like um but there is something about the rspw ones for me which feel a lot more um they don't feel just as kind of um smarky if you want to use again that's it like there are certain ones which I feel are a bit elitist whereas the RSPW ones seem a lot more open to anyone which I think is a really great thing because I think you know there is that kind of mentality that only certain people can refer you know can say particular things about wrestling but it's very much an open door situation you know with the RSPW awards from what I can see and I mean when you kind of became involved in them was there any things or any nominations you did looking back what you were surprised didn't get higher in particular years or was there anything which you were surprised won in any of the years you've participated in or when you've sort of done the results
0: until this year the young bucks had never won best tag team this was their first year winning best tag Mm. team and they've been in the top five usually the top two yeah for most of the past decade. And I was honestly starting to wonder if it was ever going to happen. And finally it happened. And to be frank, it only happened by the slimmest of margins because they barely beat, uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman page. Um, because the young bucks are polarizing and the people who hate them really hate them. (laughs) Um, and the people who love them really love them in terms of surprises. 2015 in 2015, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey winning so many awards for their feud and their storylines didn't surprise me, but I really liked it. Yeah. I'm just looking over, like, wins of the past few years, things that surprised me.
1: Uh... Is there anything what you feel... Because sometimes when I look at the other awards, there are things what come out which... Some of them can be quite obvious, but then other things can be completely left field. And is there anything which... Kind of, um, you thought was deserving, and then it, or, or somebody what was deserving, or a match, for example, what didn't win a particular year, say, like in your fandom, as a fan, what, um, because there are some instances uh, I think that's happened looking yes. back. Over
0: the years. Uh, let's see, um, in 2014, uh, the best match of the year that year as voted by RSPW fans was Sammy Zayn versus Adrian Neville at uh, take at, at takeover uh, revolution. Yeah. Um, which was, that's the title where Sammy final famously finally won the world title from Adrian yeah. Neville and then Kevin Owens murders him afterwards. Um, and I honestly thought that year was the best. I, I thought the best match, which was, I thought it was going to win in a walk, was uh the shield versus the wyatt family that six-man tag yeah uh because that match is insane yeah um but the pro i think what ultimately happened was that match was in february and the sammy adrian match was in december yeah and you get you get recency bias and that that happens with everything yeah uh Last year, Cody, Cody, uh, Cody versus uh, Dustin Rhodes, at yeah. la- at not, not last year, at 2019. Uh, the 2019 Double or Nothing match, Cody and Dustin won it, and that surprised me. I was yeah. not expecting that to win best match. I-, I thought it was a good match. I'm still surprised it won. Let's see what else. Uh, I was a little surprised that uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks won best feud this year. Yeah, Because I really thought it was going to be one of Roman Reigns's and no dice. Or John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. I thought that was a... But I, I can't say that Sasha and Bayley didn't deserve it. Because no. that was a great feud too. It was just sometimes I'm a little surprised when something I am not expecting to win wins. Oh, and of course, in 2018, I accidentally forgot to remove Becky Lynch's Twitter account for best move. And it won handily. Yeah uh because someone threw it in as a joke entry and like uh, when i'm compiling the nominees i get a like a sheet of all the entrants and then i'm just deleting things and i'm like uh-huh ah, becky Lynch's twitter account and i forgot to delete it ah. so it made it onto the nominees and then it won in a landslide <laughs> so i had to put in a caveat the next year saying twitter accounts are not moves <laughs>
1: I mean, that was one of the other questions as well. In terms of actually, compa- I mean, it's a very long process to fill in the actual nominations, but then to actually, you know, for you to then go in and compile all of the the results, but also the options for us to then pick the results. I mean, it's a very long process. And, you know, in terms of kind of like a, a process of elimination, is that based on how many results come in um which are you know the same sort of like duplications or is it a very much a, um you know cutting through and finding having to be brutal in some cases or is it like i said a duplication process until you get the final amount
0: it's uh brutal i aim for 30 to 40 yeah nominations tops like for matches i'll go up to six i've gone up to 60 just because there's always too many nominations yeah. and too many deserving mm-hmm. nominees but For the best move for the best side of the awards in particular, I try to knock it down to thirty to forty per counting the write ins. Yeah. The write-in nominations which have to be there. Um and yeah, it's it can get brutal. Yeah. Um, and people complain, why why wasn't he in the nominees? And I'm like, Did you see the list of nominees? Yeah. It's really hard to narrow these things down. The only one I never trim is most favorite and least favorite. Yeah. If someone yeah. nominates someone for most favorite or least favorite, and it's not clearly a joke nomination, like for a legend wrestler or someone who's dead or something like that, I yeah. will keep that in because yeah. why not? Yeah. Uh we are. We have in the past looked at trying to do autocomplete nominations instead, um, or maybe scrolling table nominations to make the vo- uh, voting a little more simpler. Yeah. But in terms of getting it done, it's just more work on our end. Yeah. Uh, because the awards right now, uh, it's me and I handle vote counts and, nom- and chalk down nominations. And uh, I maintained the award site while it's going, and it's James Young, uh, a friend of mine who's been helping me with my website for years, yeah. and is much more tech, tech, technologically uh, adept than I am because he's a computer science engineer. Oh um, So he, uh, uh, he 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 found uh, the software we're currently using. Yeah. To uh, ho- to host and manage the awards and uh he helped he he not helped he set up the bulk of it uh and right now one of our ongoing projects is to give it it's a give the awards their own dedicated website uh and an interface that works yeah so people can more a- adequately go through the history and that's a lot of work yeah because finding a uh a an interface that makes it easy to see uh, even just the results of awards themselves is difficult because for every award, um, I'm just, just for the sake of argument, I'm clicking on right now the uh, all the people who got votes for best move this year. And there's over 50 individual moves that got votes. Yeah. We're st- like, the, the challenge that's in front of us is finding a way to present that uh, on a web page that people can easily navigate. Yeah. And right now, we're doing it in a very simple, straightforward, here is the table of everything uh, with links back and forth. And that works all right, but finding a way to present that all of that information in a more elegant manner is a challenge for us and we're still trying to figure out how to do that
1: yeah it's um i mean that, that especially i was going to say the best moves award is always the one it's very difficult as well to try and pick particular results or, or nominations because there are so many but also it makes you think i'll put this move in or i'll put this wrestler in but then another wrestler you think oh no i like him but then you know it, it's a very long process in a way you know it it does take time to properly think out who you want to vote for and who you want to win you know and um, it's always one of those things where I do take time over I don't just sort of go in and just pick everybody and then you know send it off and um, you know in terms of the actual um, the, the awards as well in terms of the wrestling community like have they and the industry itself have the wrestlers themselves take part or the people within the industry take part and have you heard sort of positive vibes from them given the um results and things
0: I know some wrestlers have taken part yeah just by email addresses I'm not going to disclose who because if they don't tell me that they want to be advertised as participating then I'm not going to no um they do vote for themselves <laughs> uh which I don't have a problem with <laughs> I wouldn't care if, if some wrestler wants to go on their Twitter and tell literally all of their fans, hey, go vote for me in the awards. Well, you know what? That's fans saying this is who we're going to vote for. Yeah. And if Joe Schmuck from the wrestling in nowhere championship wrestling out of Ohio can say, hey, everyone, go vote for me as best wrestler and he can get 300 people to do it. You know what? More power to him. Like yeah. someone who, who on the indie circuit and you get 300 people to vote in the RSP, in the RSPW awards, which as you noted, is a fairly intense process is someone who's got a fan base and frankly, <laughs> bigger f- yeah. your company should be looking at um, that said uh, a few, I, uh, I have gotten a few emails from wrestlers who have voted in the awards and they say, they're not exactly complimentary because there's a certain culture among wrestlers not to compliment anything fans do. Yeah. uh, Because so many wrestling fans, as we both know, are terrible. Yeah. Um, But uh, I would say there's a sort of grudging respect. Yeah. And I think that's the best you can hope for uh, from professional wrestlers at this point. And I don't think it's unfair for them. Unfair to say that that's about as much as you're going to get right now. Yeah. Because wrestling fans are entitled wrestling fans can be incredible dicks. (laughs) Um, We all know the stories about that. What one weird guy who stalks Alexa bliss Mm. uh, or the, the one who, uh, or, or that, that asshole, pardon my French who invaded Sonya Deville's home. I mean, yeah and that's just the women the 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 men have all sorts of stories too of being challenged fights yeah um of being uh harassed uh the inevitable oh it's 3 a.m in the airport why are you bothering me now for an autograph stories yeah so um wrestlers are always going to be a like uh, wrestlers love their fans there's no question about that but at the same time there's a level of suspicion not unjustified yeah. Uh, to any fan who goes above and beyond. And I think the awards qualify in that respect, but yeah. I've never gotten any complaints about anything other than the people who just don't like the concept of the worst awards in general. Yeah. And that's a fair comment. Yeah. I just, I sometimes I have considered just getting rid of them. Yeah. But at the same time, the thing about pro wrestling that makes us love it is that when it's great, it's the best thing in the world. And when it's bad, Oh my God. <laughs>
2: like,
0: it, it is because like, it's the nature of what is effectively improvised drama. Yeah. Which is uh, not something that happens in any other art form in the world.
2: Yeah. Is that yeah.
0: there's a lot more, like there's a lot more room to belly flop in the most horrific way imaginable. Mm-hmm um and there's like the highs are high and the lows are low and i've eliminated a lot of uh, over the years i've eliminated a bunch of the worst awards that i thought were just unfair or mean-spirited or Mm -hmm. overly mean-spirited but at the same time some wrestlers are bad at their job yeah no one complains about the Razzies being a thing for the worst movies and performances to come out of Hollywood. Uh, And to an extent that's because the Razzies are a bit of a labor of love. Yeah. Um, And I do try to get rid of a lot of the venom that comes with some of the worst awards. Yeah. Because, everyone who goes into a ring and I say this as someone who briefly attended wrestling school in the nineties. Wow. Yeah. Oh no. Well, I found out the hard way that I had, I I suffer from psoriasis and I found out the hard way that I had some, uh, psoriatic lesions along the base of my spine. So second week of classes was our first day to take back bumps. So I take my back bump and I can't move. Oh, afterwards like i'm just in such incredible pain and the trainer's like it shouldn't hurt that much yeah so i go to the doctor and i find out oh yeah these are going to make flat just landing flat on your back incredibly painful much more than they would for anyone else yeah and i'm like well that's my wrestling career done (laughs) uh and they eventually healed like those lesions eventually healed up when i was in my 30s but by that point i'm in my 30s so yeah uh so i will say Anyone who steps into a ring uh, is entitled to a certain amount of baseline respect for the sacrifice they're putting their bodies through. Yeah. And uh, for for the sake of entertaining others. Yeah. That said, um, there are a lot of wrestlers who are not very good. (laughs) Um, And I don't say that in a lack of effort way although sometimes frankly it is a lack of effort yeah because we've all we can all name wrestlers who avoid taking the back bump in favor of a fall down arms and knees bump which is Mm -hmm. sloppy work and wrestlers will tell other wrestlers will tell you that's lazy work yeah um we all know the wrestlers who are bad at promos yeah um like not even in a being forced to say something they're not comfortable with just not good at it yeah um We all know when there's a really bad groaner storyline or feud, we all know what a bad match looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the major problems with wrestling evolving as an art form is that because of the pains wrestlers put their bodies through, they are understandably harsh towards the concept of criticism yeah but critique is what elevates an art form yes it's what like questioning the art form is what uh, makes it better yeah like we don't like as fans we often as fans and wrestlers together we don't have conversations about things that don't work in wrestling yeah or things that work particularly well and wrestlers think they do um, but it's mostly confined to basic storyline tropes and how to build a match generally. Yeah. And you get to more advanced questions. Like one of my favorite things, this is one of my hedge points, is that the Iron Man match concept is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. Um, the Iron Man match, uh, I'm, I'm assuming everyone is aware of this, but the basic premise of the Iron Man match is it goes 30 minutes or an hour or however long. And you can pin your opponent or make them submit any number of times and whoever has the most victories at the end of the match wins. And I understand the logic because in a real sports setting, that makes sense. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's the idea of equivalent of translating, you know, two teams scoring points on one another into a match. Yeah. But in pro wrestling, you can't have a blowout. No, because that will bore the fans. Yeah. Uh, so realistically, there's only three things you can do with an Iron Man match, which is one, have someone get the final deciding pin at the last moment; two, have a tie; or three, have a tie and then someone, or some authority figure comes out and restarts the match, and it's it looks uh-huh. screwy. Yeah. To, to, give, yeah. to give closure by having a final pin Because we're not having a tie today Yeah And because that outcome Those three outcomes are preordained 80% of the match Is wrestling for the sake of wrestling Yeah And Wrestling for the sake of wrestling Is something a lot of wrestlers learn very early on Is pointless Yeah Because if you're not telling a story with your wrestling Then you're not really doing anything yeah, except yeah. taking bumps and shortening your career for no good reason. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I don't want to continue harping on this one point, but this is my point that criticism, real true criticism of the form can make us start asking questions about this. And I'm not saying the RSPW awards are going to necessarily create all of that criticism. Good Lord. No,
2: hmm.
0: but I think uh, fans and wrestlers, Need to start having these conversations, yeah, and being able to say when a wrestling product is bad, yeah, be it a match or a wrestler's performance or a storyline or a card, yeah, is part of that, yeah. And I think as fans, it's incumbent upon us uh, to say that when to when we say this is bad. To not say it with venom, yes. Um, To not say it with malice or meanness, because anybody who's working a a match for five hundred bucks in a bingo hall, where they're taking, where they're bruising themselves and hurting, harming themselves for your entertainment, deserves more respect than that. Absolutely. Um, So. That's why I keep the worst awards in, and at times it becomes a question of whether we're going to whether we can have that conversation in a civilized tone. And it's my hope we can,
1: yeah. I, I feel this was a very long answer. (laughs) No, I was just about to say that I, I, in terms of the Iron Man concept, that's a, a really good analogy for it because there was a particular match i watched i won't i won't say which particular match it was because i don't you know but it was meant to be an i quit match um but the match itself was more reminiscent of a last man standing match in terms of the way it was constructed but the problem is is that if you're watching an i quit match you need to follow the tropes of an i quit match not last man standing so everything what was taking place in the match was big bumps was you know like weapon shots was was things where it it didn't follow the psychology correctly so it was in your head you're thinking this isn't what an i quit match follows it should and it should be not that it needs to be formulaic and the same as what's gone on before but this is not following the right path for this particular match you've said is taking place on this card for me to enjoy and watch because As fans, we are consumers and we are watching the particular product, and you are being paid to entertain us. But at the same time, like you said, you don't maliciously want to say, This show sucks. You've messed this up. What the hell's going on? You want to be able to say, Don't do all these ridiculous bumps. Don't hurt yourself. Don't do this because you're shortening your career to then be able to go on and do other things. Maybe look at it this way or maybe look at it that way. And like you, I I have the same view as you that any person who gets in the wrestling ring, whether they're at the height of WWE or whether they're at the beginnings in a wrestling school and coming up, they are sacrificing their bodies and their health to be able to entertain us. And I've never been in a wrestling ring, so I haven't got the, the right to be able to judge you in terms of what you're doing in that ring because I'm not that person. I'm behind the guardrail as a fan. So my wealth, your welfare in terms of what you're doing for me is what matters to me. So I'm not critiquing you doing that. I'm just critiquing what is actually taking place in the ring, whether it makes sense to us as fans, as you were saying with the Ironman match, where realistically it doesn't make sense that a match like that would you know, take place. And the other thing for me with the Ironman match, which I, I find hard to swallow, is that there's a cheapening in terms of particular manoeuvres and particular you know again the psychology in that you know you can have a match match go on for about 35 or 40 minutes say like in new japan and they can you know do all these crazy bumps and they can do these spots and you know but then in a in an ironman match somebody can get hit with a finisher in like the first minute and then they've already got a pinfall and then it it just it, it cheapens the moves and it cheapens you know it's like it, it doesn't help the cause so it, it's good that the it's good that they are reviewed though the worst awards because when there shouldn't be so much negativity in the world of wrestling it should be a celebration in terms of what has actually taken place through the year but as you said you need that criticism there to be able to look objectively and think fairly about what worked well what didn't work well and then regroup and think what can we do to change things you know um and you know, sometimes as well, as we as you said, like in wrestling, sometimes it's so bad that it's good in terms of that we're kind of in on the joke as well and we can, you know, find it funner. You know, like in terms of like worst commentator, for example, you know, like I keep watching a clip of Art Donovan at like King of the Ring nineteen ninety four, which is just terrible <laughs> or like the yeti in wcw <laughs> or you know just like th- th- things we're watch- talking
0: about things i watched live yeah <laughs> and and they were bad then. how much did that fell away <laughs> <laughs> looks like a boxer <laughs> it just uh,
1: you know but it, it it's not done with malice it's just done because it's you know it, it it's it's fun wrestling has to be fun and that's part of the awards is that they're fun and i mean for you as a fan of wrestling as well like is it a fun thing to be able to do every year to come to the end of the year and think the awards are coming up or does it feel a bit of a slog and a bit of a job really or is it always a fun thing to sort of construct and put together
0: for everyone oh it's definitely a fun thing it's a ton of work Mm. but it's a fun thing Mm -hmm. um the only thing i don't like doing is having to go through uh we, we we do have it set up by spreadsheets to get the award totals that's fine but that, like that simplifies things i don't mind when people write things in i think that's part of the spirit of the awards i'm happy to do that additional work what people don't realize sometimes is that we do uh, a basic ip track on all uh incoming votes So, when we see two or three votes from the same IP within the same 20 minute frame, and the votes are the same, we know that's just you spamming with multiple email addresses. Yeah. We're not stupid. (laughs) So, I go through and I manually delete those votes. Yeah. And they're fan awards. Who does this? (laughs) Who goes to this amount of trouble specifically? for fan awards which mean literally nothing it's by the way i'd like to stress i know wrestler i I said earlier i know wrestlers who have voted in these awards because i see their email addresses it's never the wrestlers voting for themselves who are doing this (laughs) it's just some guy (laughs) it is funny that you know people
1: go to that extent and you know try to um you know sort of cheat and get around the voting process and things and you know that they um like you said it, it they are a fan thing and it should be fair and it should be open-minded and you know that's what you know that's what you want you want people to you know um get a get a, a properly diplomatic and you know um honest vote and result to the to the awards and you know every every year i've taken part in the awards the results have some of them have surprised me but a lot of them have results which you know make sense you know and and it's always good to be able to see the results and see who has come through and especially when you have voted for particular people as well that's always nice as well to see people who you have voted for have actually won and it's and especially match of the year that's the one and move of the year which is the one i always um feel passionately about and it's nice to be able to see that and I think it's such a um a nice thing to end the the year on as well in terms of you know you you've had the full because I mean in terms of the actual awards has it always been a calendar year what you've always done them by so by January to December or has that kind of again changed over time from the early no, days no no that
0: it? that was a change over time yeah. Um... The previous fellow, Justin Taylor, who did it, changed it in 2011. Yeah. Uh, Prior to that, it was uh, November 30th to November 30th of every year. Yeah. Because the actual award vote process voting window would be in December. Yeah. And Taylor changed it to just the calendar year. And I agree that that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, Because it meant, like, realistically, it meant that any good match in December from the previous year was getting ignored. Yeah. So, uh, which, you know, creates that, so you have your own recency, but a a much worse recency bias, because if you're voting for the 1997 awards, a match that happened in 1996, though it might qualify, wasn't going to get votes. It just wasn't. People people instinctively rebelled against that. So it never happened. So I think uh, going calendar year is the most appropriate way to handle it.
1: Yeah. It seems like the best way to do it and it does it does make a lot more sense to go by the full calendar year. And I feel you get a good it's a good time as well because sort of around the holidays and around that sort of time you do go back and look over the year because you have, you know, the year and review shows from all the promotions. So you can go back and see all of the matches and all of the moments what have happened and you know, you can take it all in a lot more and be a lot more um again, objective and oh, I am I am anyway, if not everyone else is <laughs> objective about who I'm voting for. Um, and what i will be voting for in the year and um you know i think there's such a a wonderful thing to be able to to take part in and you know in terms of the actual awards i mean i know you said you want to you know create a new website and things are there any other things you would like to do in the future with the awards have you got any other plans in terms of either widening the scope of them or you know different ways people can vote or you know um is there anything, or giving people plaques like the, uh, you know, PWI or anything like that? Is there anything you've got planned in terms of that?
0: I don't think we have anything planned in terms of that. Like giving giving wrestlers plaques would be lovely, but at the same time, it would involve spending much more money on this than I'm prepared to spend. Yeah. Uh, right now, I think we just want to concentrate on finding a website, a dedicated website solution that works for us. Yeah um and works for people trying to navigate the awards that's that's the priority yeah um always finding a way to streamline them is another in, another interest that we continually have for the same reason um because it'll make things it'll make things simpler to vote for yeah uh because as it stands it takes i i, I think it takes generally about a half hour to complete a ballot yeah And I'd love to knock that down that time down to, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I've eliminated awards that I thought were redundant. I've eliminated rewards that I thought were just mean spirited. Uh, but at the same time, all of that took us down from approximately 48 awards to, uh, 36. Yeah. Uh, Oh, no, sorry, 37. I always forget breast wrestling media. Um, and every year I say, is there anything else I can kill? Like, just get rid of that we don't need? And I think right now we're at a point where anything I would remove would, pro- would potentially detract more from the awards than they would uh, streamline them.
1: Yeah.
0: By their loss.
1: Yeah. That seems fair and it's good that they are reviewed every, you know, every few years and, you know, you do look at them and that they have, um, you know, decreased and that, as I said, you know, there's such a great thing to be able to take part in and, you know, it's just been great to be able to talk about them and the genesis of them, you know, this after, well, this evening for me and this afternoon for you um, Chris, it's been a pleasure. So thank you.
0: No, thank you for having me. I've really had fun.
1: Oh, thank you. And um, just to um, let people know as well, where can people, you know, if they want to take part in the votes, where can they go? Or if they can follow you on social media and things or online, where can people well, find you?
0: We are on Twitter at rspw awards. Just look for the picture of Owen Hart holding a slammy. Yes. Uh, and the awards themselves, uh, we do have the com t-h-e-s-z-i-e-s dot com which points to uh where the uh awards are currently hosted on my blog yeah so and if you go to that earl you'll find the most recent awards which in turn will have links to all the past awards
2: yes
1: they're a trip down memory lane I've, i i you know, love looking every year, I, you know, and I've taken part myself, I always love going back and seeing either the year before or seeing, you know, from previous years to see if anyone has kind of come up and things. So no, that's great. I'll definitely put those for everyone, you know, in the description and take part as well. You know, they uh, are a great thing to do at the end of the year. And like I said, for half an hour or, you know, a little bit longer to be able to take part in these great awards and, you know, celebrate the year of wrestling. It's a great thing to be able to do. So I highly you know, recommend taking part in them if you're listening to the podcast. And um, just to finish off, you can find BBG Wrestling on Twitter at BBG Wrestling and you can find us on our website at www.bbgrrestling.com. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, with this awesome review and interview with Chris Bird of the RSPW Awards. Thanks for listening, everybody, and
2: take care.